Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. It's the uh, last Monday in February. Ooh, we're already. We'll get five inches to go tomorrow here in Maine. I'm Larry Jacobs. Welcome to the K-12 Education Talk Radio on this February 27th. 2023. We've got a nice show for you today with our old friend Joan Wade from the uh, 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 the ESA Association, the Association of Service Agencies. <laughs> got that wrong on Monday morning. What can I tell you? Joan is here <laughs> from AESA, and she and she's brought with her Jason Hiroa, and I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, Jason. Okay, who's the director in Connecticut of ACES International Education? We're going to find out what this is, which is really cool, because it's the first time I think I've talked about international education with Joan, with with work with the AESA, uh, the Ed Service Agencies. We're going to archive the show like we always do over at uh, ACE, speaking of ACE, (laughs) at ace-ed.org, that's the American Consortium for Equity in Education, okay, ace-ed.org, I just realized the two are very similar, okay. And that's where our magazine is, Equity and Access. Again, a great issue. That's up there right now. It's our online journal. Just click on the cover. You'll see it. Okay, it's uh, terrific. It honors all the uh, Equity Award winners. uh, Congratulations to all of them. All how close to 100 of them, i got to tell you. It was really fascinating type stuff. And uh, they're just working so hard for equity out there. They're your colleagues, okay, both in the profession and also in the industry. So uh, please check out that issue of the magazine. All of our podcasts are over at ace-ed.org, okay? And everything else we do is over at ace-ed.org, including seltoday.org and uh, teacher-retention.com. And we hope you enjoy everything we do. Everything we do over there is free for educators. So please sign up. We're happy to subscribe to the magazine. We just send you the link. You can read it at your leisure. Okay, everything's at ace-ed.org. That's an interesting segue today. Speaking of ACE, we're going to go to aces.org. Okay, today to talk to Jason and Joan. I'll say good morning to Joan first. Hi, Joan. How are you doing today? Good morning, Larry. I'm doing terrific. Thank you. I'm glad that you got it got it right in the end. Always <laughs> please that, that, bring AESA to your radio show. <laughs> We're happy to have you, believe me. We're thrilled to have you. We always love having you here. And, uh, you know, it's funny, but it's Monday morning, Joan. It's 8 in, the, 8 in the morning where you are, 9 here. So I don't have much of an excuse except for a Monday morning, blah, blah, blah. Is that okay? That's just fine. That works well. <laughs> I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have today, mostly because, in my mind, we live in such a global society. And, yeah. Um, Getting our teachers and our students uh, outside of the United States and learning about other countries and other cultures, I think, is uh, an, an, such an incredibly important part of their educational experience. And Jason, one of our members in Connecticut called ACES, is the yep. organization that Jason is with, um, they have a phenomenal uh, international program, and uh, I'm excited to have him talk with you about it today. Well, thanks for bringing them in. I can tell you, Joan, I, I, I've been on their website, which is aces.org. I love that. Okay, and uh, it, it's it's really fascinating. So I'm going to let Jason do it. Jason, Jason Hiroo, am I pronouncing your last name right, Jason? It's Larry here. Good morning, Larry. It's uh, it's Jason Hiroo. You're really close. Uh, three syllables, Hiru-O. Hiru-O. Got it? That's it. Am I right? Yeah. Hiru-O. Yeah, good That's morning, great. Joan. 
Joe, did you hear him? Uh, I did. Good morning, Jason. Sorry, I had it on mute because I didn't want to bother the two of you as you were talking. So good morning. Good to be with you. Well, good. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it's right. We are all professionals at what we do. It's just Monday morning blogs like everybody else. Jason, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here, i got to tell you. Okay? And Thanks. I, I, I as I, as I was reading it, you know, I didn't realize the similarity. Your aces.org, okay, and that, that, by the way, will take you over to their cooperative education service agency. But the aces, which I like, is great advocates, advocacy, commitment, excellence, and service. But it doesn't actually stand for that, does it? I mean, it does, but what's the actual aces stand for? So aces stands for Area Cooperative Educational Services. And within that, we thought, oh, my gosh, there's, there's a lot more that we do. There's a lot more value and impact. And in doing so, we, we came up with that acronym that, that doubles for, for ACES. Those are really um, thematic purposes for our, the work behind uh, what we do in Connecticut. Right. And, and, and I have to ask you this, Jason, are you guys, um, besides the international, are you guys, mm-hmm. I'll say this this way, a typical – uh, educational service agency. Is that what you do? You work with school districts to provide them with services and products, et cetera, like a group start purchasing organization. Yeah, did you just describe ACES without the international just to start off? Sure, sure, Larry. So ACES is, uh, is an education service agency uh, where, where I do think that ACES is quite comprehensive. We not only offer programming through our schools that are very specialized, uh, everything from an autism center all the way up through a very advanced arts high school. Uh, and these are schools that support school districts that are very specialized yep. to support the needs of our students. And then in addition to that, we have a services division. That services division covers every facet of every need through education that a school district could hope for. And, and that could be through technology, transportation, uh, behavioral services, uh, all the way up through international programming. And how many people work there, if I may ask? Speak I think we employ, I um, yeah, I think we employ about 1,400 uh, staff, uh, everything from, you know, um, BTs and occupational therapists to classroom teachers and aides, uh, obviously administration, uh, transportation drivers, mm-hmm. every single person wow. here at ACES, I believe, is just plays such an integral role uh, to support the needs of our students in a region of 25 school districts. Well, i got to tell you, this is one of the largest, and, and Joan, I, Joan, come back off mute if you're not on mute. This is, seems yep. to me one of the largest ed service enterprises that I've come across. Uh, your thoughts on that? This is really interesting, Jason. Just, just without the international. So, Jones, just speak that, please. It is, it is fascinating. Um, ACES is one of the larger uh, educational service agencies in the country. Although there are some in Pennsylvania that have upwards to 3,000 employees. So, um, our 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 members are so diverse, from as small as four employees or five employees to yeah, three or 4,000 employees, so it really varies. But I will say that I think ACES offers something that a lot of organizations 
don't, and um, one of that is the international program we're going to talk about. But yep. they, in Connecticut, they also have statute authority to run magnet schools. So yeah, they're one of the few members, right, that actually run schools. Um, a little bit south of Jason is um, our ESA called LEARN, and they run a marine science magnet school. Sometime oh. I'll bring them on because that's fascinating. Oh, but, but um, yeah, Connecticut does a really nice job with their ed service agencies. Well, that is absolutely fascinating. And what is the, you said you have a arts high school, Jason. What is that called, if I may ask? The, the arts high school is located within the Yale University community in the art district of New Haven. Yep, Whoa. in New Haven. And it's called the Educational Center for the Arts. So we call it ACES ECA. And it's a, it's a half-day arts program that allows students to uh, obviously be enrolled in their high school program because they can't miss the academics, but they come to ECA in the afternoon to specifically focus on the art. And we have five departments. I actually used to be the principal of that school. Oh. And um, that school is focused on um, uh, literary, performing, and visual arts, which is broken down into five departments. And it's uh, music and dance, creative writing, theater, and visual arts itself. Uh, and so the students get three hours a day of immersive arts that, to me, really not only provides a lot of engagement, but also highlights a passion, you know, that the students are pursuing. That's pretty cool. i got to tell you, are you an artist yourself of some sort? I am. Or a writer? Yeah. I'm, I'm a professionist. Yeah. Well, my son is a Berkeley School of Music drumming graduate. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I got to tell you, that's really neat. I appreciate percussionists. I really do. Okay, it's not. Believe me, it's not genetic. He did it himself. Okay, when I, I can promise you that. And I just have to ask, you're, are you based in New Haven? We're we're actually based throughout the New Haven region. So Aces is, is throughout those those 25 townships that we support. Uh, my office here is in Hampton, Connecticut. Oh, okay. uh, we're we're really locally based around New Haven in North Haven and Hamden. Got it. Is Meriden part of your group? Meriden is part of our group, yes. Because I'm very good friends with Mark Benini and the crowd over there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mark Great is an people. exceptional superintendent. Exceptional. He, without yeah. question, is. He's one of my favorite people in this whole industry. i got to tell you, him and Barb and everybody over there at Meriden, so I'm glad that they're part and parcel of what you do. And if you talk to them before I do, tell them I said hello. Okay, we talk all I the have, time. Well, yeah, just, they've been on the show quite a bit. Now, I want to get I want to get into the ACES International Education. So besides all this other wonderful stuff you do, and you're, you're, it's a huge organization. Oh, I have to ask you this before we start there. How was this set up? Is it set up as a as a private company, a private school? How is it funded? I, maybe is the way to put it. I don't know. How is it set up? This is um, – yeah, ACES is, is public education. We're under the authority of the Connecticut Department of Ed. Uh, we are a not-for-profit, but a fee-for-service agency that allows us to support the school districts in that way. So the school districts actually give you money to support them, whatever they need, and you guys set up group purchasing or, or whatever type of education needs that they have. Am I correct? 
Yeah, group purchasing is, is one really strength one real strength of ACE is where yeah. we help school districts reduce those costs to provide Absolutely. the resources that yeah. I think it's really, really important what ed service agencies do, and this one is particularly fascinating to me. Okay, so now let's talk about this international education. And by the way, Joan, feel free to jump in whenever you want. I'll concentrate on Jason, but feel free to jump in. Thank you. Okay. I will. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. No problem. Okay, so talk to me what this is. Just define the ACES International Education, and I assume, Jason, before we go further, because we're talking nationally. I want to make sure, is this just for Connecticut students or can anybody join in once you get done defining it? Well, it started in Connecticut, Larry, uh, and it's interesting because we went uh, international, and, it, and by going international, we were able to go national. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the focus <laughs> of, of what we're doing is really simply to create global opportunities that help bring learning communities together around the world, whether it's in nice. Connecticut and Budapest or if it's in Missouri and Beijing. Um, you know, the, the purpose behind what we're doing is to support and develop the, the understanding and mutual respect within learning communities in those nations to, you know, promote the exchange of ideas and experiences. Um, and in doing so, what we're what we're focused on is to help to give students and educators and even aspiring uh, educators, you know, at the university level from across the world, those skills that make them active not only as responsible global citizens but also well prepared educators in the classroom. You know, we're we're building that that um, essential skill that that people need now. As, as Joan mentioned about the global context. And so the focus of every project that we facilitate prioritizes those intercultural competencies to support those stakeholders, the, the, the student, the educator, the aspiring educator. Those intercultural competencies and that international relevance, uh, whether it's in person or remotely, we look to, to bridge that learning together. So people get a a view, a, a very personalized, um, firsthand, relevant view of what it's like to connect with peers and colleagues around the world that are doing the same thing that we're doing. Hmm. We hope that we hope they are. So let's just say I'm a teacher in North Dakota, okay, and hmm. I'm listening to this, okay, and I want to get in touch with you and everybody. If you want to, it's aces.org, and this is Jason Hiruo, okay? Do you that right? Jason, you know, that, was, that was perfect, Larry. Perfect. Well, wow, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Okay, I'm trying here. Okay? And I, I hope I'm doing a good job of it. Okay? So if I'm a teacher in North Dakota and I'm listening to this show, okay, and I get in touch with ACES.org, what, what happens? What, what would you provide to me with ACES International Education? Well, it always starts with a conversation. We want to understand more about what the educator's priorities are, what the school community's priorities may be or their goals. And as we listen and get to know what they're hoping for for those students, we have a whole list, Larry, of, of programming that we've designed. And it's all focused on campus internationalization, right? This is campus internationalization is the top phase of school improvement initiatives that allows us to um, develop those interna intercultural competencies that I talked about or those international right. experiences. 
right? So we, we have to talk with them and really understand if they're looking for a thematically purposed classroom collaboration project, if they're looking for a full school exchange partnership, if they're mm -hmm. looking to provide professional development to their teachers or their administrators, Ooh. if they're looking to um, internationalize not just the school community but even have some positive impact for the community at large by including parents or families into that international programming opportunity. Um, and so the, the, the piece of that that's really exciting for us is that we have um, the expertise and experience to really understand what a school is looking for. And we can implement that because we, we work collaboratively with 17 countries right now. Uh, and in doing quick so... Quick list. Uh, quick list. Europe, that Asia, Africa, where? South uh, America? Um, it's all over the place. We, we work okay. with Argentina and Australia, Canada, China, Hungary, nice. India. I'm just trying to think of it alphabetically. Uh, cool. Israel, no, this, this is great. This is great. Italy. Yeah. Singapore, Spain, you name it. So um, those countries all have priorities, but they're, they're, one of their biggest interests as well is also uh, connecting interculturally with uh, mm. colleagues and student peers in the U.S., um, and education becomes that bridge. I, I would agree with that, okay, without, without question. I hope it continues to be that bridge. What is, of all that list that you just said, what's the, what's the, what are the most common things that, that educators, perhaps across the country, are asking you to set up for them? Uh, well, the, the first priority is really to get started on campus internationalization is an exchange partnership. And we mm -hmm. build those exchange partnerships by introducing the schools together. Sometimes yeah. that means bringing them to each other, you know, facilitating mm -hmm. a, a tour where we facilitate everything soup to nuts to bring that school over, whether it's bringing yeah. a school to the U.S. partner or vice versa. And, you know, with an educator lens, we know exactly how to build an itinerary that's not just safe, uh, but well-intended with the purpose of really bringing the school partners together and immersing them together with conversations and uh, that intercultural exchange. Um, but we do other things. So, for example, um, in June, we're running a national educator's field study to Portugal, where educators Ooh. are learning about the educational system in Portugal and the culture. Mm -hmm. We set them up so that they, they participate in online seminars. And then the culminating event is, from that learning is that in June, we will lead a delegation to Portugal to do site visits to schools and universities and experience the culture. Um, another piece that we're working on right now is that we are charged with the responsibility to facilitate the U.S. national uh, innovators delegation, and that is heading to Singapore in April, where Ooh. we are uh, working with the U.S. Embassy and the Ministry of Education in Singapore to get into schools and understand their success about their science and technology learning mm -hmm. uh, in the school system. Um, and in addition to that, we're helping some schools. We're, we're in the process of formalizing a workforce development initiative. Uh, we're forming um, partnerships with some really, really impressive uh, industry leaders, uh, Sangoban, uh, Essex, uh, who creates uh, aeronautic um, machinery for Sikorsky. Uh, mm -hmm. We're working oh. with 
Connecticut company. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll be heading to Hungary to meet with uh, General Electric, uh, I think, in May. Uh, to formalize that that partnership. But those apprenticeships now, Larry, are preparing kids for the workforce. Uh, This is in biotechnology. This is in um, uh, metal fabrication uh, and quality control. Mm. We we, we, we like those three topics because the industry leaders are also telling us that we need more help. We need more candidates and as apprentices to facilitate that opportunity. And the incredible experience about that is that as they're an apprentice, they're learning, they're, they're, they're being trained, not just in safety, but the craft of the trade as well. And in doing so, they're coming out from this apprenticeship as a, as a certified employee. You know, they, they will go through all those high standards of training and then be qualified to take a job or even pursue the career. Um, of course. So those kind of things are, are really exciting for us. And, um, Another piece that actually this is a great opportunity. We are looking for a few schools. Um, we have some already, but we recently, uh, Larry, um, over uh, the December holiday break, we traveled to Korea for a day, <laughs> and um, we formalized uh, <laughs> for a day. We, yeah, for a day. Sorry, uh, it was a very quick trip, but we we uh, formalized. <laughs> <laughs> we formalized a partnership with um, uh, the, the, the Ministry of Science in, in Korea, and um, what we're going to be doing is we're building 25 school partnerships. That means 25 partnerships, uh, 25 partner schools in the U.S. and 25 partner schools in Korea that are focused on what we call an R&E project, and that, that stands for Research and Education, where the students will pick a, a project that's connected to the UNESCO themes, and they're going to pursue the same topic, research topic, together. So we facilitate pairing up partner schools in Korea and the U.S., and in doing mm-hmm. so, you bring them through a process that allows them to share in that thought exchange. And um, what they get to do at the end is they, they get to share their findings. So even though they have the same topic, their research and, and outcomes may be different. And that's where the, the students get to teach each other, not just about their research uh, strategies and their outcomes, but share their, their findings themselves. And um, this year, uh, Korea has um, graciously allowed us to come to their National Science Festival uh, to present those findings for oh. all uh, school teams. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which is really amazing. The, the National Science Festival in Seoul is just a very impressive event, and the students get to get up on stage and actually speak to a, a full packed audience in an auditorium about their findings, which is just, a, I think, just an amazing opportunity. And at the same time, they get to meet their their partner team in person. Uh, so it just has uh, just these multiple layers of value and impact for, for the sure kids. It sure does. And for the, it it, it sure, sure does. And, and, by the way, stay longer than a day next time. It's, it's a lot easier yeah. on you. Stay longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> stay. right. <laughs> and when you're there, don't forget to take the soul train, which is a really bad joke, but I had to do it. Okay. <laughs> soul soul yeah. is a really amazing yeah, wait, city. But, but I, have to, I have to ask, so, you, so this does – involved to a certain degree international travel for students and also perhaps international travel for teachers? Am I correct? 
That's correct. Yes. So a piece of what we want to do is we want to build that firsthand experience that's relevant to them. And if we take them overseas, it becomes a more personalized impact for their understanding and their their education. This really helps us extend the classroom walls. Um, This helps us, um, you know, share with teachers those experiences. And I have to be honest, every person that we bring back home uh, has a has a, a larger uh, perspective. Um, sometimes oh, cool. they're very humbled, uh, and if anything, they they have now witnessed and and become part of that global citizenry project that that we're focused on. Right, it's 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 just terrific. I have to ask another question, which struck me as you were talking. We have so many students who come from other countries. All right, you know, yeah. going through education here. And I'm going to use where I live. I live in Maine. I'm a fellow New Englander. Okay, I live in Maine. And up in Lewiston and now in Portland, there's a huge Somalian, okay, uh, population. Okay, I can't explain why. It happens in other cities, too, Vietnamese people. A lot of them went to Buffalo, I think, in Lowell, Massachusetts. Okay, it's just Mm -hmm. interesting the way the immigrant groups come in. And as you look at the immigrant population, if I may call it that, okay, of a given school district, you know, it helps these kids. A lot of these kids don't even know what their, quote, home culture looks like in the schools, okay? And what a wonderful yeah. experience that would be to team up. Is there any thought on that kind of thing? Because it's such a diverse uh, population of students these days. And it, I think that could be so helpful and cross-cultural. Yeah. Well, you know, and it helps the other kids, too, because they can see where these kids came from, all right? And yeah. I'm just curious how that, how that shakes out. Just an idea on my yeah. part, but I'm, I'm curious. Your question is right on point, Larry. So um, oh, we've, had, we've had some school districts that contact us just for that sole reason of saying we have a, a, an influx, a large populace, and it's growing of students from this country. Yeah. We not only need help to understand the culture, but we also want these students to understand their own heritage or culture. And so we're working with school districts, and then we work with the Department of Education or the local bureau in a city in that country that, they, you know, a lot of these students may be originating from or their families may be originating from. And we work with them to develop a cultural competency development. Um, we work with them on building an exchange partnership so students do get to travel to that country. Um, you know, we have a, a number of students where the families are from that country, the parents sure. are, but the students may be born here. And so, uh, you know, that is, a, that is a big priority for many school districts now. And so we also support the school districts in that, in that regard through translation services. The translation services nice. help those parents, whether they have to go to a school meeting or, um, you know, participate in a dialogue with a teacher or a, uh, an administrator, there's a lot of pieces that school districts are looking for that they just don't have the supports to, to build. Uh, and so that's what we facilitate for them. Well, I, I think it's fascinating. I've got a couple of questions, and one of them is, and this is going to be a little, I don't know if you know this, I'm curious what we have learned as you do this. How old is the program now, Chase? How old is it? Uh, well, I, I founded it in uh, 2014, and okay. uh, wow. so we, we really got moving um, right before almost quarantine 10 years. hit. Uh, almost, yeah, almost 10, 10 years. years. Uh, yeah. well. right, right before quarantine, we were working with three countries, 
And uh, during quarantine, we really had a lot of time and interest and motivation to connect with more countries. So we went from three to 17 in a matter of a few years. Boy, that's great. I, that's, I hate to say it because nothing really – it's one of the good things that came out of the pandemic is that we learned how to work with the Internet more and ex- expand, if I may, some of the relationships we had that way, which we were do- not doing prior. So I think, I think that's good. I, I'm curious, as you talk to educators in, in, in either country, either side, U.S. or, or the foreign – Okay. And what are you finding they've learned from each other? What have just the, the first thing that pops to your mind? What have the uh, mm. the folks in India learned from the U.S. educators? And what have the folks? And I'm maybe I just said India. The folks in the in, in America learned from the Indian educators. Yeah. You know, offhand, just, it's it's, yeah. um, it's really interesting because both now any really any two partner country uh, program or project is really. Um, the, the foundation of that is focused on sharing of best practices. Mm-hmm. They recognize they can learn from each other. There's always something that each school partner or, or each, you know, Department of Ed is doing that is really worthwhile to learn more about. Um, our job in, in between that, you know, is to ensure the sustainability. You know, so when a torchbearer from one country or one school program departs, they get a job, they retire, whatever it may be, we're there to ensure the success, and it's a seamless transition to keep going. And what we found in, in bridging those partners is sharing a best practicing and really coming to an understanding about what students need. Um, a lot of times those partnerships will begin to exchange thoughts and say, you guys do this really well. Could we sit in, could my classroom sit in with your classroom and hear from you? Uh, on this physics lesson. Uh, vice versa, some, some schools will say that you're studying this liter- literature. I would love for my class to hear a literary analysis in the U.S., you know, on this text that you're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of pieces like that that allow us to develop projects that um, are not just based on best educational practices. It could just be learning more about um, the, the, the culture, it could be about how the, you know, what the students are thinking, you know, um, and, and for students to hear other peer perspectives other than their own in their own culture. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, the strength of that really allows us to build trust and collaboration between educators and uh, students that there's, you know, everyone feels safe. They feel safe in sharing, uh, you know, because... Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a really important piece because once we know everyone feels safe, then people are more willing to take risks and contributing. Yeah, I, I really think it's amazing, and you know, so many kids from foreign countries want to come to university here, okay? And you don't usually think about it the other way. A lot of kids don't talk about going to university in in Europe or Asia or whoever, and uh, it 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 opens up those doors, it builds those bridges. And I think it's really, really, really important what you're doing. I think it's fascinating. Joan, are you there? Joan? Yes, I am. And, uh, yeah, Larry, I was just uh-huh. thinking about the – I, I think one of the most interesting dynamics that Jason brings to the table through ACES International is it's not a cookie-cutter approach. It's very oh, yeah. customized yeah. to what a country needs and wants from um, visiting with the United States and also what – 
United States wants and needs from exactly. uh, visiting these other countries. So it, from the student programming to the educator programming to the, the, the administrative leadership type programming, um, it's very customized depending on the need. So I just find that that to be very authentic in this whole global perspective. So uh, I, J Jason, I'm just so, I'm proud of the work that ACES is doing, and yeah. I'm really proud to be a partner uh, on this program with you. Well, uh, first thank of all, I want to say thank you for bringing Jason on here. Jason, you can say thank you in a minute, but I have a question to Joan. Okay, I'll, be, I'll say that. Jason says thank you, Joan. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> okay, am I right, Jason? Did I do good? Jason? Did you did great. Yep. Thank you, buddy. Okay, I have a question. Are any of the other ESAs doing this? This is fascinating. What you know, I no, not not to this extent. Um, as a matter of fact, Jason and I kind of chuckled when when we got back together a few months ago on that whole international programming um, because AESA, uh, as an association, started to build international partnerships with China pre-pandemic um, very it's very hard to build those relationships um, with many co countries yeah. and ours just kind of fizzled at, during the pandemic it didn't kind of fizzle it did fizzle um, and we dissolved the partnership yeah. during the pandemic and so to see one of our members that have now have um, partnerships with 17 different countries and yeah. Jason has a knack to get in a plane and fly to here, there, and everywhere. And he's not kidding. When he says he goes to Korea for Korea a day for meeting, a day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's uh, I, I would be exhausted, but he loves it. So um, it is his passion and, and it's great. So it's, a, it's an exciting uh, partnership for us to be in with him. You can barely do New Haven in a day, let alone Korea. I was very impressed with that, Jason. I got to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, really funny. But I admire you hopping on the plane from JFK and doing that trip in a day. It's uh, it's just uh, yeah. it's just a long, a long that, ride. That is you know, Larry, it really represents <laughs> what we, what we believe in, and and we have a, a saying, and that is local to global and global to local. And whether it's within a day or it's a year-long project that we work on with a school or, or, a, or a country, um, that local to global and global to local context is really important. And, and I is. think Joan really hit on the head, and that is, is that it's very customized, it's authentic in the regard that we, we have to, to make it successful, we have to understand the school and the program. We have to understand the needs of the students, uh, the needs of the, of the learning community. And that's really our strength. Because we're educators and administrators uh, with that background, uh, we become those educational specialists that allow us to really hone in on that conversation we're having with a potential school client or partner. And it allows us to support them. Uh, because now with the established uh, work with 17 countries and growing, it allows us to really think right away, okay, we can, we can bring this partner in from this country and this country uh, and share resources. Uh, and so it allows us to, in going forward as we go uh, expand nationally, it allows us to support multiple needs of schools with different cultures and with different countries, uh, you know, in one school district in the U.S. 
I think it's fascinating. And, and by the way, everybody, I, I directed you over to aces.org, which is the generic website for the Ed Service Agency. But if you go to schools and programs, I'll try to put this link on there, you'll see ACES International. Okay, and that gives you a much clearer explanation of what's going on if you want to go over, and I think you should. This is really something very cool that I did not know existed. Okay, it's fascinating. Joan, thank you for bringing uh, Jason on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. This is great. Absolutely. I learned a lot. And Jason, thank you for being here. Let's stay in touch, okay? This is great stuff. I had no idea. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, let's stay in touch. I'm happy to speak with anybody that's interested in working with us and, and bringing campus internationalization initiatives to their to their community. And thank you, Joan, well, for including some, me. I'll put some links on the uh, on the website so as people are listening, they'll be able to uh, get all the information. Jason Hiruo, how's that, Jace? Hiruo? Perfect. 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 You're a good teacher, man. Okay, you really are, my friend, the drummer, and <laughs> and and Joan, thank you so much. This was just great. Thanks, guys. Really You're welcome. It. Thanks, Jason. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, everybody. Wow. Well, how interesting. Okay, aces.org. Then go to schools and programs, and you'll be able to see Aces International. Pretty fascinating stuff, I got to tell you. Did not know that was coming. That was good. Okay, we're going to archive the show over at ace-speaking of aces, over at ace-ed.org. That's our American Consortium for Equity in Education. Check out all we do over there. It's all free for educators. We want you to be with us as we work for equity and diversity, which is what we're talking about here today. So thanks for listening. My name is Larry Jacobs. It's Monday. Enjoy the rest of the week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.